Well, welcome back to another episode of The Deep Dive. We've uh, taken a break for the last several months, getting back into a regular rhythm. Uh, the Deep Dive, as a reminder, is an opportunity just to follow up on the weekend sermon um, to explore some areas of God's Word that maybe we didn't get to touch during the uh, during the message, during the weekend service. Um, also, we just get to elaborate or have other conversations mm-hmm. around it. So really excited um, as we start a new year, as we start a new series to get back into this rhythm. My name is Brad Adams. I'm one of the pastors um, at Calvary. I'm part of the teaching team. And uh, today joined uh, for the first time uh, mm. by Dr. Paul Utnage. I'm going to use the full title uh, That's fine. today. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Paul, yeah. Um, welcome to the deep dive. Thank you very much. I'm really, I, I love the fact that you all are doing this. It just gives so much more opportunity for people just to wrestle with exactly what it was that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, on Sundays, it's your only thing. Mm-hmm. And so I really like what you guys are doing. Yeah, and so uh, if you're familiar with Calvary, if you if you're listening, if you uh, join us either online or in person, uh, you'll uh, be familiar with Paul at this point. He's mm-hmm. preached a number of times. He's joined mm-hmm. us uh, mid October ish. By the end of October, I think the last weekend of October. It, yeah, it was. In fact, it was Halloween. How's mm-hmm. that for a time there just to get go. started at church? And uh, Paul is serving as our uh, intentional interim lead pastor. So again, mm-hmm. as, as as you've uh, been listening to these podcasts, as you've been tracking with us, you'll know that we've got multiple members of our mm-hmm. of our leadership team, of our preaching team. Uh, you'll still continue to see uh, Dan Borth, uh, myself, uh, involved with this. Chris um, at our St. Charles campus. Uh, again, if this is your your primary um, vehicle to to come alongside Calvary things, our St. Charles campus voted in December. Uh, they're going to launch as an mm. EFCA church plant. We're really excited for them. Um, and so Chris might be still joining us for the deep dive from time to time mm-hmm. as it makes sense for his schedule or as it makes sense for are we even talking about the same thing that mm-hmm. weekend. Um, but you'll continue to see myself. Uh, Paul will join us, um, uh, Dan, and then actually later this week, we're going to do a second part of our, uh, actually this weekend's message, where Mm -hmm. I'm going to be joined by Brett Toth, one of our counselors uh, here at Calvary, and uh, Kyle Bradley, a member of our communications team uh, who leads all of our media stuff, uh, just to talk about what growth has looked like in their lives. So That's going to be fantastic. I'm pretty excited for that. And then um, we will continue doing our deep dives around worship songs, too. So I loved the, the one that Caleb and I uh, did several uh, several weeks ago on Honey in the Rock, and he will be uh, joining periodically to just unpack. Hey, what 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 can we learn about the theology uh, that we that we sing? And That'd so be great. So you do a little bit of country western songs on this too. If as it's well? Caleb, absolutely. Yeah, maybe get a little <laughs> bit of bluegrass uh, in there um, too. So, Paul, before we dive into um, Matthew chapter thirteen, which yeah. was where uh, we were this weekend. Um, we'd love to just set the table a bit for for you. Um, you've mm. you've been in ministry a, a number of years. You've mm-hmm. been uh, you served a number of different churches in different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, love to just introduce you a bit to okay. our, our listening audience. So, um, yeah, what's just kind of loosely? What's your ministry background experience? Yeah. What's the the role that you're going to be doing, or the way that you're specifically serving yeah. Calvary? And then um, I have another question uh, as well. Okay, so. Uh, I became a Christian when I was a child, seven years okay. old, actually in a, in a church here in St. Louis. Oh. Yeah, so in St. John's Baptist Church in St. Louis, and uh, lived here for a while. Whoa, but whoa, whoa, whoa. St. John's Baptist Church. Yeah. My dad grew up going to St. John's. 
Okay, now that is wild. Now we're okay. We have a further conversation to have there later. Is, there actually then there is for he and I because let's see, uh, we might be somewhat close in age. Yeah, he's uh well, I don't want to say his age or ask you to say yours. Well, um, I'm I'm 68, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are very close in age, actually. Well, we probably were at St. John's at the same time. Then. Yeah, we may have wow. even done children's ministry together. Wow. Okay. All right, we didn't know that was coming up. As, right, so, children, as children, so, so obviously became, not as the pastors. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so you came to faith uh, at St. John's in Baptist there. Church. Yep. So uh, been involved with churches all my life. Mm-hmm. By the time when I decided to definitely start working in churches, I did uh, student ministry for mm-hmm. about a total of about 14 years. Okay. Left student ministry, in a sense, kicking and screaming, only because I really felt like God wanted me to change. Yeah. And started then a string of churches I did not realize it at the beginning, but it was a string of churches where he would use me as a little bit more of a change agent, if you will. I don't mean that you always change mm-hmm. just for the sake of change, but for churches that just were really working on some stuff mm. and uh, was involved with that. So really the here, because I think we were talked about even in other situations and other scenarios mm-hmm. where it was a, kind of a decision once I knew I would be retiring. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? I knew I would continue doing coaching for retirement and doing coaching for leadership stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got connected to this IPM in interim pastor ministry, went through their training. I said, you know what? I can do that. In mm-hmm. fact, actually, I've been doing that all my whole career. Mm-hmm. And uh, two weeks after they accepted me into that, I got a phone call from and They said, there's a church in the St. Louis area. It's in St. Peter's. And I had actually known of this mm-hmm. church. And so I said, I'm willing to listen. And then... Lo and behold, here we are. You know, yeah. that, that's that history yeah. plays, plays out. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, a lot of the roles you've been in over the last, I don't know, however many years, have, have been more of a, an executive pastor. Um, yeah, senior pastor and executive pastor were the two after after youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. with fourteen years of youth ministry, about did uh, 12, 12 years of student senior pastor, and then found this role of executive pastor that just fit me. Because I like doing a lot of things all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know senior pastors often don't want to admit it, but they mm-hmm. only focus on a very few things. For sure. For sure. And so uh, it, I'm always like, well, your role's a little too narrow for me. And so I just enjoyed this. But with the roles that I had with the executive pastor, I still had preaching, I had the leadership, mm-hmm. and I had the whole staff, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the question I guess I want to ask, I know you've you've had some some education. Where where did mm-hmm. you go to seminary, college? Yeah, so uh, master's level was at Dallas mm-hmm. uh, Seminary. Then went and did uh, doctoral stuff at Denver and then doctoral stuff at back at Dallas again. Mm-hmm. So I liked that because it gave me a different school than where I first started. Mm-hmm. My personal journey was such, though, that I ended up doing a lot of training with Throughout over the years, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. and so I continue to do training both with the counseling side, with the American Association of Christian Counselors, and other things. And that journey kind of took me where I really don't fit just particularly one school, mm-hmm. although I still fit a very clear, classic, mm-hmm. kind of conservative, evangelical yeah. world. Yeah. What are some things that God has used? Um, you know, one of our uh, values, even on this podcast, is mm-hmm. we want to, um, you know, keep our Bibles open. Always, right? yeah, always. Uh, we want to uh, be curious, 
right? Mm-hmm. And we want to learn. Mm-hmm. And so what are some, some ways that God has uh, grown mm-hmm. you? And what are some things that God has put in your path to help you as a, as a learner, as you seek to just understand this faith thing that, yeah. that you get to be part of? Yeah. In reality, um, my growth has been very much in those environments that we're talking about now with mm-hmm. our vision for Calvary Church. Mm-hmm. So in the area of worship, there have been times where I've been either in, a, in maybe just a concert mm. or other times where I'm at church where I love worship every Sunday, mm-hmm. but like everybody, and since I'm breathing like everybody, uh, some Sundays and sometimes just kind of are more meaningful to sure. you at the time. There sure. is a sense of, of obedience. There's a sense of placing ourselves before the Lord in all worship. But there's times where you just get those goosebump moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And other times when you're actually listening to somebody else preach, uh, when you're when you're preaching on your own, you're not always listening to yourself because mm-hmm. you're looking for other people to go. Yeah. Am I connecting? Am I communicating? And you're actually watching for them. My wife says that if I'm not careful, I'll always stand with the, my feet, my toes hanging off the edge of the stage because I'm just trying to get right there into yeah. people because I'm pretty relational in my style. And so uh, that's been there. There's times of those worship. There's definitely times where in my own, I am contemplative and I am a Bible student. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those times for me have been major times of growth. But even when I'm studying on my own, there is always still then that conversation. There is that connection, if you will, with other people where we we just say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's mm-hmm. what, and and God just uses those yeah. in our sure. lives. Uh, if I was on an island on myself, I know that God promises I would still continue to grow. Mm-hmm. As you preached mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. you know, God's always He assumes and expects growth. Yeah. Uh, so I know I would. I w- we would preach, but it'd be interesting to see how He would do that if that were ever to happen, because He For uses sure. other people so much. For sure, it is that connection. And so it's those things. So mentors, I've had some great mentors over the years that I've really benefited from. Mm. And then interacting with peers Mm -hmm. uh, for me is a lot. Uh, I love other leaders. I get jazzed by other leaders. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably vice versa. We all get jazzed by leadership. And so it's uh, it's one of those environments, if Mm -hmm. we will. Mm -hmm. I won't add that to the church's vision because that's not always the the environment, although everybody has leadership influence somewhere in their life. And and then we we talk about impact. And so I have really been transformed in the area of that type of impact. And Mm -hmm. we've all got a place that God puts us for that. Uh, so, for instance, a couple of them for me, that without without a lot of thought mm-hmm. ahead of time, a couple of them for me is one of them would be I've had a lot of, of good interaction with different racial and ethnic groups hmm. along with what I've done. I actually am a firm believer in that. And so I've been in some situations where there's been both black and white, where there's been uh, others said brown, but there's all different kinds of ethnicities. Hmm. And those have been very meaningful to me. Even when I left Peoria to come here, mm-hmm. one of the groups that I really missed the most was we had a group from one church that was predominantly African-American, and then our church, which was predominantly white, mm-hmm. although our church did have a quite a good mix. We aimed at that. But it's one of the groups I actually missed the most mm-hmm. because of the relationships that were sure. there. But also that became a place where we said, we're going to do ministry in town together. We wanted to be able to serve in a way that people in the community Mm -hmm. said, we don't see this much. We don't see white guys and black guys all 
getting their hands yeah. dirty together and serving. And so we did that. And then for me, is there's another area where I've been able to spend some time with women who have been caught, hmm. you know, p- coming out of sexual trafficking mm-hmm. or caught in some of those things. And uh, my heart goes out to mm-hmm. them. And I, I find in, inevitably I get a little teary when mm-hmm. I'm listening to somebody's story for mm-hmm. the first time and then trying to figure out how can I how can I help. And I'm willing at that point to say, I'm going to give my legs and my feet. I'm going mm-hmm. to just do what I can mm-hmm. to just be Christ's servant mm-hmm. there. And that has mm-hmm. grown me. I mean, that has been a large impact on my heart. Mm-hmm. And it has stretched me to become, I think, to love, as we say, love who and what Jesus mm-hmm. loves. So we love who Jesus loves, and we love what Jesus mm-hmm. loves. And those kinds of things do, do transform. Mm. That's really good, Paul. I uh, Even just hearing you, you share of the different areas, the different environments, different mm-hmm. spaces that God has used to shape and grow you, mm-hmm. um, I think about this weekend. You know, we're mm-hmm. in a, a series where we're um, – you know, we're studying, reflecting, considering different parables that mm-hmm. Jesus uh, tells. Uh, the, ser- the title of the series is yeah. The Stories Jesus Tells. Yeah. Uh, we've picked five very intentionally, uh, mm-hmm. very purposefully. and Some of them well-known and some of them not as well-known. Which is really cool. Like Some of his yeah. stories are yeah. incredibly, um, yeah, incredibly well-known. And then others we don't spend mm-hmm. much time on. Mm-hmm. And we're what we're doing is we're walking through um, where is God leading us as a church mm-hmm. Um, what um, you know? What is our vision? Who are mm-hmm. we? And we're connecting those kind of vision pieces with the different applications from these mm-hmm. parables. And so uh, last week we started uh, the you know your big premise mm-hmm. was Jesus matters most, and right. we want to be a church where uh, for which that statement is true. Jesus mm-hmm. matters most because when Jesus matters most, transformation mm-hmm. follows. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk um, and unpack a little more of, of the different areas, different environments. Mm-hmm. But um, this week, the focus was transformation. Mm-hmm. And the par- By the way, you did a great job on it, too, I thought. Oh, I appreciate it. You yeah. know, I, I, I get to say this um, with... You know, anytime preaching is weird. Like the, it, it, the people it, it really, that people don't that don't preach, they don't realize how weird it is for those of us who it, do preach. It yeah. is odd. So, like, you want to do a, a faithful job. You want to open up the the word, um, share things that are true. You want to get out of the way. Uh, you want God to speak mm-hmm. through you. Um, but we live in a, a, a culture where um, it's very performance driven. And mm-hmm. so like we don't have a, a great paradigm, I think, for how mm-hmm. do we interact with a sermon. Um, so yeah. I just so appreciate like congregants, um, people who share like, hey, this mm-hmm. is this was really mean. You, you said this mm-hmm. and this was really meaningful because at the end of the day, like we want to we want to continue to hone our craft and we mm-hmm. want to be faithful um expositors of, mm-hmm. of God's word. Um, but one of the things I so appreciate about Calvary is it's a, it's a team, it's a team effort. Yeah, right, um, we've right. been, we're very intentional with creating, uh, with a team. We do I message. Underline that word intentional. I mean, that, that's, that's very, very Yeah. Purposeful. We just had a meeting this morning where we were looking two weeks out and looking at the passage and, uh, it's a chance for us to ask, uh, questions of the text. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a chance for us to, Hey, I feel like, you know, God's leading me through here. I feel like that my study is opening up this. Am I on the right track? It's just a great opportunity. Yep. And so actually some of the things that I got to share this weekend were things that came from from you mm-hmm. or from Dan or from Chris mm-hmm. or from Matt or Jeff. I mean, it's just a really cool, I really enjoy the, the process. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the encouragement, yeah. um, but I also can't 
fully take the encouragement just for None myself because others yeah. too. Even when we study and we're using somebody that died, you know, mm-hmm. 300 years ago or whatever it is, and uh, we're using that, we're still benefiting in a sense uh-huh. from that connection, at least spiritually. Yeah. And there is that. And, and what I love about the intentional team mm-hmm. is – we sit there and we like to say, like for us, connection is one of those environments. Mm-hmm. Well, if we don't practice that, even in the midst of our own sermon preparation and mm-hmm. our own teaching preparation, mm-hmm. we miss out. Mm. And so people don't get to realize that because that, they don't see us doing that. Mm-hmm. And yet the reality is we know we do, and so we have been formed by even others in the preaching preparation yeah. process. Yeah. And so we're really living out our vision. We're really yeah. living out the vision. Absolutely. Just in our own lives. And then we stand individually, of course, sure. uh, with me with my toes mm-hmm. hanging off the side mm-hmm. at the end of the stage. and and uh, But we stand there, and we then try to share with others. Mm-hmm. So one of my mentors long ago said, when you preach, picture in your head that you are instead just sitting on the front row. Hmm. And you're speaking to yourself as well as mm. everybody in the room together. Yeah. And I have always hung on to that. Mm, that's good. Because I love that picture. So it's not just me as this person who somehow yeah. knows it all, and which we don't, yeah. or me who is perfect, and which none of us are. If we can at least be authentic in what we teach and mm. preach in the worship environment uh-huh. of what we do, we are then bringing in the growth, the discipleship, the connection, and all with mm-hmm. us, along with that kind of, kind of on our shoulders, or we're standing on other shoulders. Yeah. Either either way you want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, that's really good. So we're in uh, these parables now. There's a few principles for how do we read parables well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first is you know can we put ourselves in the shoes or the sandals right mm-hmm. of the original hearers because yeah. there's elements of, in these stories that Jesus tells that they would be very familiar with. He's picking mm-hmm. illustrations that will connect and resonate with them. So can we can we do the work to um, you know look through the details to to find things that maybe we wouldn't pick up on mm-hmm. naturally. Um, another thing is I think we need to let um, – we need to realize that when Jesus is telling a parable, often he's responding to a singular question mm-hmm. or he's responding to a particular mm-hmm. thing. So so while we like to pick you know pick apart mm-hmm. the details and assign right. meaning to the different elements right. of it, um, it's it's really the, the main point of the parable yeah. is what we need and to focus on. And there are folks on. who have done that, and in doing that, they do a grave injustice to the story, mm-hmm. to the parable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've heard people try to teach or preach some of the parables before, and so mm-hmm. they really are, they're doing exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. You know, so, the, you know, think in terms of, like, there's a, there's a stake in the ground, and they'll go, how far down did the stake go into the ground? What did the, what did the stake itself represent? That has nothing to do with the, yeah. the point of the story. Right. So when you did the parable this week, mm-hmm. What was the temptation to do one yeah. of the details that if you had gotten caught up into it, it would have taken you away from the main that's point, which is question. what you would, I'm, I'm just curious Yeah, for you. that's a great question. Because I know question. I'm working on it for next um, week, and so you're working on it for this week. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So part of it was actually I, I – in a way, did go to some of the details, not in a way to like, oh, can I assign meaning for, oh, my my enemy is exactly this person or, yeah. um, you know, the work that I am doing, right, is somehow um, I'm replacing the work that God does mm-hmm. on his own. Um, but but that actually takes me to my, my third point there mm-hmm. with... Our, where's our where's our folk? Can we let the story transform and shape us? Mm-hmm. Um, and can we allow our 
presupposition or wherever our mind maybe mm-hmm. naturally goes, can we actually allow it to shape and change mm-hmm. us? And so there was something that came up where this parable is interesting. This this parable is different than some of the other parables. Like it we're going to look at Luke chapter... By the way, one advantage you had is that Jesus did kind of say, exactly. by the way, let me tell you what this one's exactly. like. I wish he had done that for the parable that we're going to have this coming Sunday. But, but, and, and that's and that's where I'm saying, like the the, temp, the temptation's always there to, to try to come up with um, your own meaning mm-hmm. uh, for the story. Right. But the benefit I had this week was Jesus actually walks through and offers an explanation for who all the various Mm -hmm. characters are in this Mm -hmm. parable. So I want to come back to that question, um, but we only have about 10 minutes. So um, I'm going to read the parable for us and then um, highlight a couple things. But then I really want to focus on something that we didn't have time for um, this weekend, which was really, um, in some ways, the main focus of the parable. Mm -hmm. Um, But our our focus, at least in in gathering, was, hey, how can we... Let's um, do that. How can we focus on growth? So uh, Matthew chapter 13, this is the parable of the weeds, and it starts in verse 24. Uh, Jesus put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. I think it's easy for us to try to like identify, this is your your question, Um, can I fill in the blank for what the weeds are when there's actually some controversy around like who are the weeds? And Mm -hmm. and really Jesus is just speaking about the activity of of Mm -hmm. the enemy. He's not trying to say, oh, this person is a weed, this person isn't a weed, Mm -hmm. and it's up to us to decide which ones are which. That's right. So sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. And then several verses later, he offers an explanation. And then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. Mm. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear." So in the six and a half minutes or so that we have mm-hmm. left, I want to unpack this this kind of this this ending here. Yeah, because um, that's a very serious, sobering yeah, end, ending. I, in the... I love how Chris handled it out at St. Charles. Mm-hmm. We were, he was just sharing this morning that he he took it as an apologetic moment. And, and mm-hmm. at, at, here at Mid Rivers, I, I did something similar, um, but but basically just saying, hey, this is a big part of this mm-hmm. parable, um, don't have time to fully unpack mm-hmm. it and do it justice and, you know, hit on all the other things we mm-hmm. need to hit on. Um, but apologetically, this is, this mm-hmm. is a, 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 
this is something that deserves discussion. Mm -hmm. And so at St. Charles, Chris, um, he basically said, like, listen, we don't like to think of hell. A lot of, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of theology has been done in the last 50 years to to try to erase hell Mm -hmm. or to, um, you know, minimize it or to apply like, oh, it's just an allegory. Um, And yet we can go all the way back to Jesus and like, Mm -hmm. these aren't my words. These aren't the words of of an eighth century theologian. These are Mm -hmm. the words of Jesus. So... Mm -hmm. They matter and they mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, apologetically, like, I, I I, don't want to make a point here that Jesus isn't making, but I also mm-hmm. don't want to miss a point that Jesus right. is, is making. By the way, when you say apologetically, just to let it's folks know. It's a great know, question. And it, it, we're talking in terms of apologetics mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, by the way, can you apologize yeah, for the Yeah, we're not saying I'm sorry that this is in here. It's <laughs> This is a how do we just reasonably – Just want to make that clear no, for that's folks. that's a, a yeah. great distinction. Um how do we talk about hell in a way that is um, appropriate? Uh, how do we even make sense? And, and I probably should have allotted more time for this discussion than, yeah. than even this. Um, but when we think about judgment and we think about what's yeah. going on, even in this parable where Jesus is going, like there's a couple things that come to mind. I think judgment is it's part of the story. Um, now, thankfully, God uh, does judgment differently. He allows grace and Mm -hmm. he, you know, judgment doesn't have to be the end of the story. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the great, you know, the great gift for, for those who accept and claim and cling Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Um, But it does, it should bring about a sense of urgency when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to even allowing God to do the growth in us that he wants to Mm do. Um, It it does matter. It's something that's easy to be complacent about, but um, yeah, and just a, like a minute or two, I guess, like, it, if someone were to approach you and say, hey, what's up with hell? Like, yeah. that doesn't seem like a, a good thing. That doesn't seem like something that a loving God would permit. Like, how well, do we... At least for me, yeah. I'm going to go, if, if I've only got that small little time with them, I'm going to point out probably two basic things. Number one, it's a, it's a misnomer. In fact, it's actually a lie for to say that everybody actually wants to go to heaven. Mm. So... If heaven is where Jesus is, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have been spending their whole lives trying to stay away from Jesus. Mm. And so why would why would Jesus say, I'm going to force you to spend eternity with me when you have been running away from me yeah. all my life? And so in one sense, the question of our ultimate destiny, mm-hmm. the question of hell, is really simply the outworking of all of our decisions mm-hmm. through life. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if we had, if we lived eternally, which we will because of God creating us that way, but let's say we lived to. on, let's say we lived on Earth eternally. Sure. Ultimately, the natural progression of of a life that is given to self centeredness, that is given to self justification and self, would ultimately become. Mm-hmm. Hell-ish, at mm-hmm. least, mm-hmm. just as the ultimate work of the gospel is to conform us to Christ. And so in that sense, if we can remind people that, look, hell is basically – I happen to believe, yes, it is an actual mm-hmm. place. But if I'm talking to somebody who's not quite there yet, mm-hmm. I'll say, look, hell is separation from God. Yeah. And if you've been spending all your life moving that way, can you imagine – trying to then spend eternity against your will, uh-huh. uh, against your choice. Uh-huh. Uh, and it will be, therefore be as a separation from God. Uh-huh. So imagine the most 
selfish, narcissistic, self-oriented, self-justifying, mm-hmm. self-isolating place mm-hmm. uh, kind of life, that's ultimately what we're talking about. And since God's a God of love, mm-hmm. he has to mm-hmm. hold accountable because yeah. otherwise he's not loving. Yeah. And uh, now I just opened like about eight, and, eight and points also, on that. And also not just. And also not just. Yeah. And so we've now just opened up like eight or nine different points if we had the time we could. Yeah, we've, we're, we're asking God to not be consistent to who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the book of Matthew especially too, you get a lot of this imagery of like the fiery furnace, the weeping, gnashing of mm-hmm. teeth. Like as Jesus describes hell, um, there are some figurative elements, I think, of how he mm-hmm. is describing hell. But you shared something this morning in a teaching mm-hmm. team that I thought was quite mm-hmm. profound. And, and essentially, and, and correct me if you can say it better, but... Um, the the literal mm-hmm. the literalness the physicality the physical reality is always going to be more more mm-hmm. than um, the the figure of the speech, figure of speech right, can right. can capture because that's all Jesus can because Jesus is the one that talked about hell more than anybody else mm-hmm. so when he uses these figures of speech in order to try to communicate what that separation mm-hmm. would be like figures of speech are always less than what the reality is. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that, it just becomes very, very sobering. Yeah. Uh, in that conversation. Yeah. So, well, again, we don't have time uh, to unpack <laughs> this more. We will probably, uh, maybe in the weeks to come, this will topic will come up again. And uh, we can, I actually we can think it, it may actually this this coming right. week, uh, the parable. And we'll touch on some of this. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening uh, to this week's episode. Invite you to uh, follow along on our website. Um, you can always email us at calvary.church. Um, sorry, podcast at calvary.church. If you have questions, if you want to follow up, if you have a topic that you'd like to see unpacked a little bit more, uh, Paul, thank you for joining for this week's oh, conversation. We'll have more um, in the weeks coming. And uh, it's just good to be back uh, in this rhythm, um, having these conversations about what it looks like mm-hmm. for us to grow in our uh, relationship with Christ. Um, what does it look like for us to be learners? What does it look like for us to keep our Bibles open, to be curious mm-hmm. about the truth of the gospel and how it um, applies to our lives? So thank you for listening, and we will catch you again next week or next time on The Deep Dive. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.